Yeah, you gotta emphasize the rogue and not the ones. The rogue which ones. Is, which is counterintuitive the because the movie is definitely ones. the one. Yeah. Rogue one. The rogue ones. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Force for Thought presents The Rogue Ones. I'm Matt. I'm Luke. And I'm Max. And today, Matt is going rogue. <laughs> everybody. Today, I'm going rogue about Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary in theaters. I wanted to leave early to get to the theater to get popcorn and, and, and Coke. Turns out they no longer sell Cherry Coke at Cinemark. Really? And that seems like the biggest travesty I've ever heard of. I'm not that sure why I'm leading with this, but we got there at 427. Because and this is important information. You're a Cinemark guy now? I thought you were AMC. Um, well, I was a Cinemark guy growing up over in Valley View. Um, Cinemark gang rise up. Cinemark, yeah. yep. And then when we, oh yeah, Luke worked at a Cinemark, didn't you? Exactly. Big fan of Cinemark. So was I. And so then when we in, in college, we went to Easton, and the AMC was just right there, right. And so that was I don't know I'm becoming less in, in, intrigued with AMC uh, specifically at Easton. <laughs> no one's so 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 limited. <laughs> it would be the group of people that would know what that is. Did the Nicole Kidman ad send you overboard? Uh, is I that do, what it was? No, I do <laughs> miss those Nicole Kidman that would be ads fair, when I go. Though. That would be fair. Um, I just signed up for Cinemark. Uh, it was like Plus or something, so it's like a yeah. free movie ticket. Every free movie ticket I paid for the <laughs> subscription, but it's a ticket month. Anyway, I went to Cinemark in Valley View not that long ago, and then I went to Cinemark over here, and they both no longer have Cherry Coke, which seems like a travesty. That's tough. Um, anyway, I like Cinemark better because I don't also like going to the mall at AMC anymore. Really, I mean, it's fine, whatever. Um, so anyway, I saw we got there at four twenty-seven. Movie starts at four thirty. I was a little upset, uh, and my wife Lynn uh, was a little confused why we were rushing for a movie that I've seen a thousand times. Um, and yet, if you miss the crawl, you might as well <laughs> go see it again in a different, like at a different time slot. So I was like, I am. If we miss this movie, I'm gonna have to reschedule another time to go see it. And I don't. I think it is still in theaters this week. It started on Friday. Yeah. Mm. Another bummer besides the cherry coke. They also. Didn't have any posters, which made sense because I went. That's too on bad. A s- I saw people on Twitter were getting the posters. Yes, so was yeah. I. So the I was. Posters was awesome. I was ready to get one. I was like, I'm gonna steal some for you guys. And I, you know, th- I wish I revealed and said, just kidding, I had them, but I don't. I they legitimately <laughs> were out. Which it's a thought makes that sense. counts. We still appreciate it. Thank you. I think Mark Ferguson drew them. Uh, he's, I couldn't tell you. He also did the the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary, and I believe also the New Hope 40th anniversary, which are all really really cool posters. Um, and something that I. Uh, was really excited about the entire, you know, when it was announced at Celebration that was coming back. I also feel like there wasn't enough excitement around going to a movie like Return of the Jedi back in theaters. I mean, it's been out since 1983. Um, and yet, I feel like it is it is a big event because I don't think I've ever seen Return of the Jedi in theaters. And then I was thinking of, I'm not totally sure if I've seen any of the original trilogy in theaters. For some reason, I want to say I saw A New Hope, but I don't think that's true. Have you I, guys? I have not. Maxwell? In theater? Yes. No, I don't think so. Right? It's very odd. And so this is like, it kind of blew my mind. Like sitting sitting down like in the theater, I was like, I don't I don't think I've ever seen any of the original trilogy in theaters. Like this is going to be a completely different experience for something that I've been experiencing for over 20 years at this point, which is really interesting. And I could not recommend it enough. I don't think that's necessarily a, a new thought or an interesting thought. Um, but my mind was blown. Like yeah? something that I... I think take for granted in general, and we were talking about this kind of off pod, off mic, uh, like last week was some of these new movies going forward, whether it's the Filoni movie or the the uh, Ray movie. We were talking if these were going to be potentially streaming versus in theaters, and I think there's like you know you can really go either way, depends on what they want. But like I really would like those to be in theaters again 
because seeing the crawl is just something super special to see and the mm-hmm. music and then being able to like i don't know experience that with like surround sound and like having that music blare um which was great and honestly especially the the speeder chase in endor was so good yeah that was a highlight for me i think just like being able to see those um and feel those like effects um were super super cool and i feel like I was talking to my brother about this, my brother Mike. Um, my brother Mitch does not enjoy Star Wars as much as we do. And so I always feel bad if I just say my brother Mike and exclude Mitch. Um, and so Mike saw it uh, last night. Uh, it's his favorite Star Wars movie, um, and which is kind of hard to believe. <laughs> no, I know it's one of your guys' mm-hmm. as well. And... Um, and he was like, "Yeah, some of the some of the green screen doesn't um, doesn't translate really well to the big screen," and that's one of my things that I was thinking for CGI versus practical in general. Something that Luke and I disagree on. Yeah, and I'm this a, I'm is a practical, or I'm a CGI oh, fan. I'm a, I'm a practical. The truth eater. comes out. <laughs> um, and I think that all the practical effects, and honestly, even the CGI for, or even like the the, the effects and the green screen for 1983 are fine because that's like built into that movie, right? It's like, those are from 1983. We all accept it. It doesn't look great. What really bugs me, which is not a hot take at all, but it is the additions from the early 2000s. Those, uh, like, nice noodles, like, coming in. And just, like, at the end, the celebration of all those different planets that are clearly from the sequel trilogy. uh, The prequel trilogy, rather. I keep seeing those mixed up today. And so something that I'd be interested in seeing in general, kind of watching this again, was either the original cuts, which, again, I assume aren't, great looking right we all kind of understand but at least it's like it's original content or if they were updated even further into the more sequel era trilogy effects um because i think everything has a very prequel trilogy look to it which makes sense because they haven't been updated in in almost 20 years at this point i believe obviously this is a special edition uh that came out disney plus but i think in general the effects have not been updated so I'm not that familiar with the special edition that came out on Disney Plus. What what are the differences between the 2019 special edition and the 97 special edition? That's something I don't, I'm not well the 90 I think the 90 the Disney Plus was the 97 special edition the one with all the effects. I don't think it was mm-hmm. because all that stuff is all prequel uh, era uh, stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. Most of it. I thought because obviously not like Hayden Christensen or yes, that. That stuff was, I believe, the, the Blu-ray release special editions. Yes, I think 2011. Yes, those were the editions with all those added effects that look like they're from the prequels. So I don't know what the 97s are because the 97s well, the 97 were the VHS. was like the size noodles and yes. um, the Jedi rocks and <laughs> yeah. ja, the celebration song and mm-hmm. Yub Nub. Yeah, I, a lot of that I feel like it almost would make the the edit a little tighter. I know, like people always say, it's George Lucas's original vision. Blah blah blah. But a lot of it just takes me out. There's a solid two minutes of like transition scenes that just feel so out of place. Um, being uh, being in the theater, I mean, being at home, I guess it's also I'm kind of bouncing back and forth here. But like, it was super nice, and I've been feeling like this about movie theaters in general. I love uh, going to the movies. I love movies in general, but uh, being able to like not look at my phone for two hours, and I guess if you were kind of an ass, but being able to like not look at your phone for two hours and just enjoy Star Wars is. It, and we do that on like a weekly basis with the shows, but it was super, super nice to be able to to see that on the big screen. And also, <laughs> part of me got like not nauseous or anything, but seeing those like massive space scenes, it felt like I was like back on like Rise of the Resistance or something, where it's like you can see almost like the again, it's like ninety feet wide of like uh, of when Lando's flying the Falcon. It just like kind of is a little jarring. I was like, oh god, like I just have to like shake my head a little bit to get out of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but something else I was really focusing on, besides the movie theater experience, obviously Return of the Jedi, we all love it, we all like it. I'm very interested in seeing kind of where it ranks in your top movies eventually as well uh, in the Star Wars series. But something else I was really paying attention to and something that really hit me is the the setup they have for the sequel trilogy. And I think, in general, a lot of people don't like the single trilogy, right? I mean, like, I feel like some fans of the original series um, don't seem too keen on it. And I'm honestly more confused than ever kind of seeing it on the big screen and being able to really kind of dive into that uh, to that world. Also, going back to diving into that world, and then I'll get back to my other point. The movie's actually really creepy. Like, being on the, those big, like, on the big screen, seeing those sets, like, when Vader's looking for Luke at the end with his, like, with his lightsaber out, and he's, like, hunting for him, and he's talking about... Mm. No, he's, like, and Luke's got like got his eyes closed yes. in the under the stairs. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a legitimately yes, legitimately scary scene. And even in like the beginning and stuff too, in Jabba's palace. That's what I was gonna say. It was when Leia's breaking out Han, and then you just hear in the background, "Oh, oh, oh, oh yes, oh, oh, oh. I know that laugh." And then like, but seriously, that set is so creepy. And with the rancor on screen like that, like mm-hmm. it was legitimately like your seats like vibrating because of like how like loud it is. I'm like, that would really scare me if I was a child, actually. Um, but that stuff all holds up being practical as well, being the miniature. I like stuff. the ra- I like the Rancor. Yeah, there I we agree. go. Um, but I really really like that. Going back um, for the uh, Return of the Jedi, kind of setting up the sequel trilogy. Um, I feel like m- now more than ever. Maybe again, this isn't necessarily a hot take, um, but I feel like there's so many things that I noticed that I was like, I don't understand why people have problems with this. Maybe it's the execution. I'm not saying these are like good ideas or the best intentions or the best ideas. Um, but I feel like they were um, they were set up, and they obviously took a lot of inspiration from the original trilogy, um, even like with Snoke when he dies in The Last Jedi in the throne room scene. I'm like, that is just directly mirroring the Emperor sitting in his throne with, the, with Luke's lightsaber next to him. And it just mm-hmm. feels like, oh, this is the exact same setup. I know there's not many things that, like, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but I was like, oh, they just like kind of copied and pasted that and then just turned, and what if, like, what if Kylo Ren actually did kill him? And that just, was a big inspiration for Ryan Johnson when he did The Last Jedi. I think he, he said that he really liked the throne room scene in the original trilogy. So when he got to do his own movie, yes. he's like, well, we got to have a throne room scene. And you can really tell. I don't know why specifically. It was just me, like, maybe because I was, like didn't get a text and checking my phone. But, like, being able to be immersed in it, I was just, like, really thinking the entire time about how it uh, clearly affected, again, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Palpatine's original uh, intention with Luke. When Luke is just kind of sitting around on uh, the new Death Star uh, at the end, it's like his whole intent is for to die and for Luke to officially turn to the Sith and strike him down mm-hmm. and destroy mm-hmm. him, which is exactly his plan for Rey. Yeah, and it's so interesting that's like, oh yeah, like that makes so much sense that that would be his original. It was his still plan. Like nothing came of it, so he's going to like the the last Jedi who we at the time assumed was going to be Luke, and it's like the same exact plan. And so to me, that's why I said in a couple episodes ago uh, that it feels like the Palpatine saga, not necessarily the Skywalker saga consistently, because Palpatine is consistently in the background. I mean, he is like the driving force of most of the content, including the Clone Wars, right? Like he's consistently um, in the background pulling the strings, the strings. Somehow he's coming back. Um, I also feel like they set up Luke going and hiding on um go in in, hiding in the last jedi i know a lot of people are like that would that isn't what he would do but doesn't it kind of make a lot of sense this isn't completely like going back to what you just said literally in the throne room what does he do he hides from vader under the stairs not but even let's go yes exactly he's consistently hiding but then even 
Leia consistently tells him to run away and hide. Mm-hmm. Consistently. And then not only that, and like, yes, Obi-Wan had the goal of looking over him, obviously making sure he's protected, but all of the all he knows, all of his masters at this point do the same yeah, thing. Yoda. Yoda literally hides on Dagobah, yes, in hiding, right, because he's a Jedi, but like he is literally in hiding on Dagobah, which is exactly what Luke would obviously do. The same thing with Obi-Wan. He goes to Tatooine. Obviously, his mission is to stay close to help Luke, but in the long term, he, you know, I mean, yes, Luke maybe doesn't see him, even though he kind of knows who he is at some certain point, but like he's also hiding away. And so I feel like, would, does that not all set up Luke to do what he knows best and what he is taught is to retreat and hide? He tried something. He put his he put his best foot forward and he failed and he went back into hiding like he, which would exactly what happened to every other Jedi before yeah. him. I'm thinking a lot about the line in The Last Jedi, if you strip away the myth and look at their deeds, the legacy of the Jedi is failure. That's obviously true for the prequel era Jedi, but Luke Skywalker also, because yes, he resisted the temptation to the dark side and uh, chose to be a Jedi and Mm -hmm. redeemed Vader and they got rid of Palpatine, but then the war didn't end for several years anyway, and then even after it did, there was still the Imperial Remnant, and like we don't know exactly what Luke Skywalker's doing in this period, like during the Mandalorian and Ahsoka, but he did not win the war as definitively as the movie kind of makes it seem like Mm -hmm. even his legacy from this era is still failure yes i yeah i feel like in general failure is a is a pretty big uh point for the jedi and in star wars in general that's what max and i always talk about liking poe dameron's storyline in in last jedi he just he fails everyone in the last jedi yeah Yeah. they which is fine right because like i don't know i feel like everyone gives last jedi this is now turning into a little bit of a sequel defense, I guess, sequel trilogy defense, which I think is fine. But like seeing this kind of set it up for it makes, I don't know, to me a lot of sense. Um, and then like everyone gives them um, a lot of a goal for the slowest chase, right? Basically, like just the space chase. Like they're running out of fuel, so they're keeping their distance until they run out, right? In The like, Last Jedi, yeah, yeah. In The Last Jedi, yeah. And I think in The Rise of Skywalker too, um, which I just recently watched again, um, I think everyone gave it a lot of gull for not wrapping up this nine-movie trilogy. When you look back at Return of the Jedi, they're wrapping up this trilogy for potentially never to be seen again. 1983, nobody knows there's going to be another Star Wars in, Mm -hmm. like, what, 20 years, right? Not even. Um, Every time I watch Return, I'm like, it is basically four big set pieces, and that's it. A New Hope is kind of the same, but it has this kind of introduction of each character, so you're consistently moving. In Empire Strikes Back, it's this massive movie, right? There's Hoth. There's so many set pieces. There's so many things going on. Everything is with... We are introduced to Cloud C. We're introduced to Lando. We have consistently introduced new characters, bigger action set pieces and everything. But in return, it's basically Jabba's Palace. Um, we have the Dune Sea, where, where the Sarlacc is at. Mm-hmm. And then we practically go to Endor and barely spend any time inside of the the new the new Death Star besides in the throne room. And that's, to me, really interesting because it is literally... And then we have also the Ewoks, like, palace, uh, wooden uh, tree fort <laughs> as well, uh-huh. which is obviously in Endor. But, like, we only have, like, these four set pieces. Bright tree village. And, uh, is that what it's called? Yes. All right. See, I knew when you guys were doing it. And so we have only these, like, set pieces, like, three to four set pieces, really, in which these characters kind of live and i love the movie for it i love the speeder chase like i said um i love those dynamics of figuring out that like uh leia is actually luke's sister 
that stuff is really interesting, but it is odd that like I also don't think they wanted a big action ending to they were like this is how the the story naturally ends right (laughs) a lot of people were like how palpatine returns like somehow you returned like obviously they glanced over that and yet obi-wan does the same thing in this movie saying that from what a certain perspective that he told the truth to luke that from a certain point of view for a certain point of view yeah and so it's like that's arguably the arguably a bad line so um, i'm lost how does that relate to palpatine in the rise of skywalker the same thing people always complain that he returned somehow and poe dameron's line is that somehow he's returned oh the 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 low effort retcon exactly and i kind of just and like there's also the low effort retcon in return when luke yes. confronts obi-wan he's like hey what the hell you said my father was dead and he's yeah, like, well and what I, I told you was true from a certain point I know, of they view. basically like pause the movie for like two minutes just to yes. <laughs> retcon that but i think that um kind of retconning is is kind of in star wars lore in general uh max and i were talking to a friend that was talking about how uh, Star Wars is consistently trying to kind of fill in the gaps and make things make sense. But I think Star Wars has always tried to make things make sense because they're just consistently rolling with the with the punches and creating something new and interesting. And sometimes it it can get sloppy, but I think that's the fun of it is seeing how things can connect and make things fun. I mean, the, the, the Clone Wars is just a massive kind of patch. Rogue One, same thing. And yet it's like accepted and loved and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel I felt like specifically watching Return of the Jedi is that a lot of things were set up for the sequel trilogy, and again they took inspiration for a lot of them. I think whether it was good or bad, I just saw it, and I feel like a lot of people are complaining. I don't fully understand it. Um, if you watch Return and are not confused, I feel like it all makes perfect sense for me. I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack for that. What do you What do you mean confused by what? Like why they don't like the sequel tri- trilogy, or like Last Jedi, or Rise of Skywalker, or like that again that retconning of like somehow Palpatine's returned. It's like, well, as a Star Wars fans, we're kind of like used to that kind of that kind of treatment yeah. of a story of like maybe nothing holds weight. Or like Yoda saying you're the last Jedi, right? To Luke. But at the t- now knowing potentially, right, that like Ahsoka is out there and like a bunch and Grogu's out there as well. And there's obviously a lot more Jedi. Um and uh, my wife also was asking why Yoda doesn't fuel any of any of those other Jedi. To my only response or thought could have been the same thing with like when Rey in Last Jedi is feeling the force and she doesn't sense Luke whatsoever and it's because he cut himself off and I feel like that is like the only explanation or potential possibility is that, that Yoda cut himself off or all of the other Jedi did the other Jedi are cutting themselves off at least to a certain extent uh, and can't be felt obviously it's a dangerous time yeah I, I could see that uh, yeah I, I think that's one theory I think you know I don't know, even if he did sense the other Jedi or if he knew there was yeah. other Jedi out there, okay, sure, maybe he was keeping that in his back pocket, but I think Yoda clearly knew that this was Luke who was going to have to step in to fix this. Yeah. I don't think it was so much as, like, I don't know, he wasn't, like, ignoring all the others as much as he was, like, no, I, I know who can do this. It's going to be this kid. Yeah. He's literally destined for it. And if not, he's a sister. <laughs> Last words. Yeah. <laughs> feels like pretty p- p- pivotal information to tell yeah, somebody beforehand you're, you're speaking a lot of my language right now so you hinted at it earlier return of the jedi is my favorite um and my second favorite is probably the last jedi um so those are like the two movies that we're talking about right now yeah, and it is it's right up my alley because i i love them both so much and it's funny thinking about it because obviously we were born after um 
Return of the Jedi had come out, right? So we were born in this world where people just kind of threw these three movies at us and said, hey, here's these three films. They're great. You should watch them, right? And then we were alive when these other films came out. We were alive during the prequel trilogy, which was just kind of a different era. It was kind of like, you know, the internet wasn't really a thing. We didn't really know immediately people's reactions. And I was six years old at the time so i like the phantom menace it wasn't until i was much older where people were like oh yeah those prequel movies were kind of bad right and then i was like i don't know i kind of liked them um and it's the same thing with the sequel movies like when i watch the sequel trilogy i watch them and i like them obviously the last jedi is my second favorite and a lot of people disagree and they don't like them and i'm like well you know this is kind of like the history of star wars almost like people didn't Mm -hmm. really like the prequel movies when they came out either and now they're pretty beloved people didn't really like return of the jedi when it came out like when that movie came out following empire people were like oh okay that wasn't as good as the others so it's like it's i think it's a very different perspective um waiting for it to come out and like being exposed to it in real time as opposed to kind of having them all just kind of thrown at you at once because my feelings on the sequel trilogy is evolving as they're just kind of settling into pop culture i mean we're no longer waiting for episode nine we know what episode nine was it happened and we're kind of living with it and so it's just kind of different how how everything sits with us because yeah return of the jedi i watched the first uh, trilogy, the original trilogy, and that one was my favorite. And it wasn't until much later people were like, you know, oh, that, that one wasn't really that much. Um, people didn't like that one that much when it came out originally. And I was like, what? Why? And they were like, oh, we thought the Ewoks were kind of goofy. And I was like, oh. But they're fun. I don't know. I just kind of grew up with them. They were just a matter of fact. Like, I never even thought of that. Yeah. I think my basis for liking things in general is if I like something, I'll like it, right? It's your first reaction. I think now it's, it is so easy to be susceptible to other people's thoughts or why something is bad but it's like if you like it you can just like it also mm-hmm. uh i know this is turning into a bit of a weird sequel <laughs> trilogy thing but watching uh, return today really made me think of it um but my other point that i was making earlier which i completely got off track of is in return it is this four set piece type story and it doesn't feel like a maybe a massive conclusion it does story-wise wrapping up obviously uh vader ends up kind of going back to being good and being back to uh, Anakin Skywalker and defeating the Emperor um, and obviously uh, dying. Uh, uh, Luke kind of saves the day. Um, and then obviously uh, Han and Leia get together. Um, and so we kind of wrap these stories up, but not necessarily in a grandiose way. It is more of a mission. In the beginning, literally, Akbar and Mon Mothma describe the mission they're going to go on, and then they go do that mission. <laughs> and that's it. It's yeah. not like this massive, massive thing. And in Rise of Skywalker, I think a lot of the reviews when it was coming out was like, it doesn't do it justice to wrap up these nine movie saga. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, but it kind of follows the same format. You have Correct. these four to five set pieces. You have the old Death Star. Um, you have the planet uh, where Zori is on, which I cannot remember Kajimi. right now. Kajimi. Yes. I literally was like, don't forget Kajimi. <laughs> um we have a Kajimi. We also have the uh, the desert planet, yet another. But we have these, I don't know, more big, we have these set pieces that are like our characters are able to kind of go and explore versus it feels like uh, A New Hope. It's just like this straight line trajectory of you're on Tatooine and then all of a sudden you're not, on, you're on the Millennium Falcon and you're introduced to this ship and you're introduced mm-hmm. to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Uh, and it's really interesting, I think. And I, I mean, I, I love that. And I also love Return. But uh, it is interesting that I feel like people were expecting this massive finale. It's like, how do you kind of wrap that up? And to me, it's like, oh, no. It's like Star Wars has always been about if you wrap the story, the character stories up, like that is kind of what it is. Obviously, I think they kind of had some hits and misses as well. Um, obviously, I uh, I can be a little pompous and I don't like certain things, of which is totally fine. Um, but I, I am always confused when people don't like 
the sequel trilogy. I guess is my basis from specifically watching Return again in theaters and being able to like sit back and be immersed for like two hours and twelve minutes, I believe, or two hours and eleven minutes, right around there, um, fully, um, and being like, oh wow, yeah, I feel like I kind of absorbed and uh, absorbed it all again as well. Yeah. I I re- I don't like Return of the Jedi as much as you guys. It's one of my least favorite Star Wars movies, probably. But oh, I don't know. You, how do you know where it ranks to, for me? Though I'm very interested. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Definitely, definitely bottom half, probably the bottom quarter, maybe the bottom fifth. But um, I mean, I still like it. But the one thing I did want to mention is we we talked about how I generally prefer CG effects over practical effects, and Return of the Jedi is not a good example for that because they had to do everything practical in 1983 for obvious reasons. Uh, at least as much as they did but the i do like to bring up the one example of a practical effect that i hate is when they blow up the shield generator on endor Mm -hmm. and you saw this today so it's probably fresh in your mind that explosion is comically large i think that is so obviously a two-foot model that they blew up and it Looks like double. What's wrong with that? And it though. looks like three times as much as explosive as they needed. If that was to scale, that thing would have destroyed Endor. Honestly, that is to me that's not the worst explosion. The worst explosion is they uh, kill an ATST with the two logs, and, and it, then it blows up. But not even that. <laughs> right after that, the the logs fall, mm. and then the one it trips over the logs like a clumsy ATST, and then it falls and explodes. That's the worst one because. There's no need for that to explode. <laughs> right. It's already it was, incapacitated ex- for a story element, for one. Exactly. And it was, I disagree with both of these. You don't think that's a funny explosion? No. Like what? I'm not saying it's bad. It's funny, though. What's, what's funny about it? I have no problem with it. It, it falls over, over and it blows up. Explain how that works. What made it blow up, though? I don't you it's it's a trope that you see in every movie, right? Like a, a car falls off a cliff and then it hits the bottom and then exactly. you know, like okay. and it blows up. Max. I don't you want me to explain like the, the the fuel lines within an ATST and the electric circuitry. I won't and... hold you to it right now, but I would like that. Alright, I'll I'll look up some reference manuals and I'll I'll try no, to get across. No, even better, let me pitch you a quick spec we could write where we write about this character who is an ATST pilot, it's all he ever wanted to do, and he is the pilot, he or she is the pilot of that ATST, and when they're falling, they know that they don't want to get the, let the Ewoks or the Rebels get their hands on this ATST. So instead of falling and potentially getting captured, they blow mm. it up. Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe it's more cynical than that. Yeah, maybe all of them are wired to self-destruct so that the uh, rebelli- rebels can't get their hands on the property. Oh, egg on our face. We're talking. <laughs> we're complaining about it. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what's so Star good about, Wars, about re- so retconning Star Wars as it goes on. Luke, there's no you, way George Lucas was thinking that at the time. Do you but. feel dumb right now after this explanation? <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I would like to mention, because I, I do like Return of the Jedi, even though it's one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. The thing I like the most about it, probably... The element that I rank it highest of all Star Wars movies is creature design. Yeah, I think Return yeah. of the Jedi has by far the best creature design as a whole. Introduced us to Twi'leks, um, Admiral Akbar, uh, the Mancala, uh, Jabba. There's so many iconic Celestins. Celestins, yeah. So much, so many iconic aliens that have yeah. been in Star Wars now for years and decades yeah. that all started in. Jabba's in a Jedi. new hope, though. No, he's in the. He was see added. He was added. added later. That's true. He was. He, he was, was designed for eighty three. He was designed for Return of the Jedi. How do you feel about? Um, I know I touched on this as well. How do you feel about like getting? I I don't see it happening either. I wonder if this is in the clause when they sold it to Disney. But seeing those original cuts versus the Lucas cuts from like 
97, 2011, all the ones we were talking about now. I would probably like them less. Yeah. I've listened to Yub Nub. I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. I think Jedi Celebration. Or whatever, I wanted to say the, the same thing earlier, is... too. I wanted to cut in because even the Jabba's Palace song that mm-hmm. they redid when they added Jedi Rocks. Uh, Jedi Rocks. That's, that's what the, the song that's is the name called. Of the song that Sice Noodles. That's kind of a goofy and... name, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I like that song. And he's I do like, too. He's like a, I forget the character's name, but he's like singing in the camera's face, and you see his mm-hmm. tonsils as he's belting yep. out a line. Yeah, that scene know. gets a lot that of like too. I'm, I'm okay with that one. That I like that slaps. Much. I'm okay. With I also, it. I honestly, I'm indifferent. I would like to see them, but I know they're like they're just goofy movies sometimes. Especially Return, it's just kind of meant to be. Um, but it's always one of those things where like you want what you can't have. <laughs> so I'd like to see those eventually. Um, but how do you feel about them? Like potentially, if, would would you like them if they updated them a little bit too, to kind of get rid of that like, goofy CG? No, I don't think I don't think mm-hmm. Disney should go back and touch it. Yeah. I'd be okay if they went back and added all the various different edits and cuts yeah. of it. Um, I see. I I um I don't mind when George Lucas went back and he added a bunch of things because I do agree it, it's his vision. This is his property. He can do whatever he wants with yeah. it, and if technology has evolved after he made it in order to more accurately capture that even if it's you know these weird goofy things mm-hmm. that's totally fine i would take problem with disney going back and altering george lucas's vision yes yeah. that's fair that's different yeah Definitely. but i um it's funny that you were talking earlier though about like the different set pieces and how you kind of like think of the movie like breaking it down in that type of way because i always think one reason I like Return of the Jedi is I feel like it it feels like it cuts to the chase because mm-hmm. um, an unpopular really? opinion, I, I dislike it because it feels like a popular opinion is that I don't like Empire as much as a lot of other people because of the entire second act. In Empire, the second act it's it's it feels very slow to me the whole time. Uh, Han, Leia, and Chewie, C three PO, when they're on the ship in space, um, in the slug on the Star Destroyer, uh, looking for Cloud City until they get there, and the entire time Luke is on Dagobah. I understand there's very important character development that's happening in there, but like as a kid, I'm watching it and it's just not very fun. It's not very entertaining. And then they finally get to um, uh, Bespin, and then um, again, not a whole lot really happens. But it's the it's the second act of Empire that does it for me. And mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi. I feel like there isn't much of a second act. Like it's to me, the second act is so boring. I break it's C3PO it down. retelling the events of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back <laughs> with sound effects. That's just, that's just one scene, though. Like it, I have in my head, Return of the Jedi broken down into two halves instead of three acts. I think I just have mm-hmm. Tatooine with Jabba's palace and basically the entire third act. I mean, Endor yeah. and everything after, which I think is the best. I, I mean, obviously, Return of the Jedi is my favorite movie. I think it's the best third act. You got you got Luke confronting Vader on the Death mm-hmm. Star. You have the epic space battle, which I still think is probably one of the best space battles. It's I cool. could make a someone could make a compelling argument for um, the beginning of the Last Jedi, um, and then you also have everything going on in Endor. So I I think it is. I think it's really interesting. We're also mentioning Return and Last Jedi consistently because I feel like those are like sister movies, right? Like. Yeah, Last Jedi is the goofiest. There's a lot of influences from it's, The Last Jedi yeah, and from is, Return of the Jedi and The Last it Jedi. It is interesting. I, I wouldn't say there are as much such movies as A New Hope and The Force Awakens. I think those are more directly linked. Yes, but absolutely. If we were doing a, a Rogue One, though, about one of those movies, we would obviously be talking about the other. Yes. yes. <laughs> Similarly to how we are with this. I feel like, um, I, yeah, I didn't want to make this a review of Return of the Jedi because I feel like that is something else we could dive into way later. Because those, yeah. are, those are I, I just want to say before we move off topic um, too far, but Max, you were saying that you think that Return of the Jedi is more of a two-act structure than a three-act structure. I think 
you just kind of have yourself convinced of that because the oh, second no. act is so weak that you just sort of mesh the first half of the second act into the first act and the second half of the second act into the third act so that you don't have to I tell mean, yourself I'm that sh- it has a garbage act right in the middle of the movie that just grinds it to a halt. I'm sure it did. I mean, it's a movie. I know it follows a three-act structure. I just, in my head, have it broken down into, into two halves. So yeah, I think I have that second act like divvied up and split between the first and the third. I was also going to mention structure, because something about the structure that I noticed, in, which is a little bit of a variation from what it did in A New Hope and Empire, is other characters, they are consistently confronted with problems, right? But there is a solid ten minutes where C-3PO just refuses to say that those are his friends and be and need to be let go. And so I feel like a lot of, and I like C-3PO a lot, unlike you, Luke. I do not. Like I know, C-3PO he's funny, I can relate to him, he's cranky, he's sensy, <laughs> I like C-3PO. But um, I, I'm like, there's just a lot of the characters themselves make these problems for themselves in, in return. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chewie goes up to the horse meat. And... Exactly. They, they're they the ones who are... Cons- thinking with his stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. true. That's what they say. <laughs> that's a trap that they set out, probably specifically for creatures like Wookiees. Also, how does no one complain about, like, Luke makes Han reach for his saber in that trap, too? Because he can't reach it. Like, is there no better way or the force? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, again, those are people nitpicking. I think is really funny. That's a great moment, too, when he tries to reach it and he's just circling around. Um, But yeah, in in general, it's like, oh, yeah, in return, they kind of make a lot of problems for themselves in this forest. It's like, what can we do in Endor? Oh, yeah, there's a meat trap. Yeah. I, think, I think the best scene to encapsulate that is when uh, Luke comes back from the speeder chase and Han and Chewie are just sitting up against the tree and Han does one of those. Yes. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I feel the same way, Han. <laughs> it's it's one of those really funny things when he comes back um, and it's like, oh, Leia didn't make it back. And then he was like, yes, we should go look for it. It's like, well, like, yeah, you should, get, you should go look for her. Right. Um, maybe leave one or two people here in case she does come back yeah. and start that 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Which is really funny. But either way, I really like that movie. I'm excited to talk about our top. I know I'm going to be pushing for this in general because I like ranking things, but I'm really interested in everybody's ranking because I'm going to let, I'll tell you, I just watched, again, the sequel trilogy, a couple of the original trilogy. Um, I have to go back and watch the prequels, but my list has changed. Um, oh, yeah? Being kind of further away from Rise of Skywalker and having more of a context, um, I rewatched. Again, I rewatched a bunch of them, and my list has changed a little bit, which is which surprised me. Where do you have Return of the Jedi? Broad strokes, top half, bottom half. Do you want? Do you want to know? Do you want? Yeah, to, do you, you want do to you save know? it? Yeah, I mean, for Return of the Jedi, just yeah. It's out of out of the nine. It's it's mid half. Okay. Um, all right, we got it right by the mid, top, right mid, by the bottom, and in the middle. Mid, we mid, nice, it's, we're it's, all over. Yeah, for, for got me, it all covered. It's, it's mid to high because I really do like. In the theater watching, I was like, I really do like watching these characters specifically. Even if the story isn't my favorite out of the three, it's really fun to watch the three of them. Um, specifically, Hanley and Luke interact with one, one another and go on this adventure. Because again, even if it isn't this grandiose finale, it, it, in a way it is. In other ways, it's not. And it's and like either way, it's like this is a fun mission to see these characters kind of go on. Um, so I really, I, yeah, I really enjoy Return. I, I really enjoy them all, though, to you be honest. you think you're going to rank it higher because you saw it in theaters now for the 40th anniversary? Honestly, I don't know. Because there's parts of that of that movie where I am like, oh, yeah, like what time? Like, it's a little bit of a slog sometimes. But I also really like movies from the 70s and 80s. So it's like <laughs> one of those things where I'm like, I, I really like uh, the Marx Brothers and Charlie Chaplin, which, are, which can be a little long um, as well. And so it's one of those things where I feel like I don't necessarily mind that it's – like the act two is maybe a little weak. Um but I think overall, it, it definitely has the 
strongest. Th- it has one of the strongest third acts it's, in all of Star Wars. Exactly, I think. and it ends on a very good note. And I think it, like most Star Wars movies end mm-hmm. on a happy note, but yep. Return of the Jedi is definitely the best one that will get me walking out of the theater with a smile. Yes, because you're also like, where are these characters go after this? I'll never know. And then it turns out, like you know, a bunch of years later, oh, you, just wait. You yes, exactly. Yeah. And so it is fun to see those movies again and kind of having the new context with them as well. Anyway, I feel like I'm going long and adding almost nothing new besides <laughs> maybe episode uh, setups for for a couple of weeks from now or whatnot. Well, uh, hold on, but I, I want to yes. ask real quick. Tell me more about the experience. How many other people were in the theater? Was there any? Yeah, so I went to a 4.30 showing, um, which was obviously a matinee. Pretty kind of It was on a Sunday, though. So It was on a Sunday, and it was weirdly packed. Yeah? Like, I was nice. really pleasantly surprised. Happy. Were people cheering? Surprised. There wasn't much cheering, but like I, I, which is really interesting. Uh, which is code for Matt was the only one in the theater cheering. <laughs> I, I, I was. I Did people gasp at the Luke Leia sibling reveal? Uh, no one gasped. <laughs> no one was as shocked as they were in 1983, I assume. But I, what was really fun is a lot of people laughed at some things that like I did not particularly think are funny. That's why I love going to the theater in general. Because yeah. people were just like snickering at certain moments where I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you find that really funny. Because mm-hmm. like it, there's certain things I find funny, but. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, like, um, I was just talking to my brother, Mike, I kind of shout out to Mike and Mitch as well. Um, that one of our favorite lines is when he was like, Oh, Luke, you're here. Uh, and he was like, Oh, how you doing? He was like, Oh, you know, and he's like, Oh, that bad. Right. And it's same like, as always, yeah. yeah, same as always. That's and oh, that bad. And it's like, that's very funny. Like, that's mm-hmm. a very funny line. So everyone was laughing at that. And so I think the theater experience was great. I still, I really liked it. I was really surprised at how packed it was for four thirty on a Sunday. I can't imagine how Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday were, um, but yeah, I really like that experience. I would, I kind of wish again. It doesn't make sense, probably profit wise, um, but they used to do. I feel like larger events, like when the World's End came out, the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright movie, they did the Cornetto trilogy. So it was Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, back to back in a single day. Um, and I kind of wish they did that with the original trilogy because I would love to be able to go and spend a whole day watching those three movies back to back in the theater. Um, because it just gives you that context and that appreciation too. So I feel like it would be sweet to see those instead of every three years being released. And now I feel like we're going to have to wait to the 50th anniversary <laughs> for new hope and empire or to be back in theater again. So a little bit of a gap, uh, unless we rent it out. Not that far away though. Only scary. four years or so. Yeah. Yep. Well, I am glad to hear that though, because to me, star Wars is a, it's a, it's a community thing, right? It's not, mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that's meant to be shared with others, yeah. obviously, which is why we always talk about Star Wars and why we started this podcast. But I was I was wondering about that because I would I would love to see Star Wars in the theaters again with the audience cheering and gasping and clapping. Yes, like all of the great moments in the sequel trilogy that we got to experience in theaters. Exactly, it was, it was wonderful so together. I'm I'm I'm, je- I'm I am jealous that you got to see Return of the Jedi in theaters. Hopefully you'll see it again uh, for the fiftieth. <laughs> yeah, and ten, ten years, years. <laughs> from ten years from today or a couple days ago. So I went rogue today. That was my ro- <laughs> that was my that was my rogue one. And now uh, somebody else will do a rogue ones. Probably Luke next. Yeah, I got some stuff I want to go rogue about. A lot of things that I care about and have a lot to say that you guys don't necessarily care as much about. But Honestly, I think I do. T- I think I want to do one about practical effects versus CG. Mainly so yeah. I can have an hour where I can just talk to Luke about this <laughs> directly in the eye. I'm down. I mean, yeah, I don't know if that would have to be a rogue one, but I would like to do an episode about that. 
Needless to say, I think we got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff cooking, a lot of stuff in the works. If you've been listening to this and following along, we appreciate it. Stick around. We're going to have a lot more conversations in the future um, and a lot more uh, Rogue Ones. We were talking a little bit about ranking the nine Skywalker Skywalker saga movies. Um, I'd be very interested to see where those land. Maybe we can give a little teaser real quick. Matt, what's your number one? Because I'm pretty sure it's Luke's number nine. A New Hope. That's not my number nine. Is oh, that your number nine? Thank no. God. I thought it was your number nine. It's, it's near the bottom. I like how we're what is it? Eight, seven? Probably it's seven. Oh. Interesting. I don't, so, I don't want to play my hand too far, but... I, I, I think there will be some, some hot takes and some, There's definitely some, gotta be some heated hot takes. discussions during future episodes. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. I even don't think we should do the original, the normal... Oh, are you about to stop hitting record? Did you already? Are you, are you sending out? No, I didn't. I didn't stop yet. I but your fingers on the, All right, I'll on the zoom. The finger. Felt like we were doing a wind down there. Let's do a wind down. And <laughs> down. <laughs>